For the best audio experience and to avoid embarrassment, we strongly suggest you use headphones whilst listening to Bubble and Squeak. Hi, I'm Peter Sintoscano, and this is Bubble and Squeak, a podcast with uncanny sounds, funny interludes, and stories most weird, many true. Okay, here's season two, episode nine. Our show today comes in one part, a sound slice mixed with some personal reflection. Let me set the scene for you. I'm in a bird hide. <laughs> Have you ever been to a bird hide before? Very popular here in South Africa, although I've seen them in the States too. They're basically little buildings, often in nature reserves, where someone can go and sit and watch birds without being seen by the birds. It's because they have these long windows that are kind of low and you scooch down and look out and you're shaded so the birds can't see you for the most part, which is good because birds, I don't know, they could be shy. <laughs> I mean, I've said there are times I've looked at a bird and it just flown away because I looked at it. What's strange about this particular bird hide is it is not in a nature reserve. It's its own little bird sanctuary right in the middle of the city of Pretoria. It's about four or five blocks from where I live. And it basically is a city block that is all trees with a little stream going through it and thousands and thousands of birds. I mean, you can hear them. I can see right now probably 50 birds right in front of me. They're on a branch overlooking the little stream that is kind of dry because we're right at the end of the dry season. And they are mannequins. I love mannequins because they're these little birds, smaller than sparrows, kind of pudgy. Dark heads, white breast, brown on the back, and they're very, very communal. You almost always see mannequins together. Uh, and that's, I don't know, I don't know why, but that's just how it is. Maybe that's protective. Uh, I have a, a feeder in the back of the house, and typically one mannequin will come, the scout. And then once he settles in, others will follow suit. And before you know it, there's like 20 mannequins in one little bowl <laughs> trying to eat at the same time. I like this place because it's a quick escape from the city, but I'm still in the city. I mean, I hear the city. You can hear cars going by. You'll hear sirens every now and then, even children yelling. But I'm in nature at the same time, which is kind of how I like it. I mean, I like nature, but I also like city, so I get the best of both worlds here. I usually come here by myself. And I do come to look at the birds, but I also just come just to be quiet in this space. It's, it's like being embedded in nature. And the first time I came, I actually didn't see many birds, but I did see walking across a log, 
right across the stream, I saw a mongoose, what turned out to be a slender mongoose. They're, oof, they're a little bit longer than a cat, but very thin and slender with a nice long tail. And uh, it turns out there's a whole family of them because I've seen the whole family since. And hopefully they'll make an appearance today because they're lots of fun. Uh, it's funny because the birds typically can't see me, but they can. There's something about their eyesight that they will lock eyes on me. They see me in this bird hide, even though I'm in shadows. They can see me. What I like about this place is it has a fence around it and you kind of see what's inside, but it reminds me of a time I was in Malta and I was hanging out with a bunch of Maltese gay Christians and was invited to dinner at the parents of one of these folks. Malta, so you should know, it's like one of the most tightly inhabited places in all of Europe. So lots of buildings, lots of tall buildings, and lots of very old buildings. And when you're walking on the street, there's not a lot of greenery because it's just, it's a very hot, dry place. And you just get a lot of stone paving and stone buildings. We pull up at this house and it's basically just a giant wall. Uh, you know, a door, a building, but you know, there was nothing special about it. The door opens and you're in a beautiful entry hallway. You walk through a gorgeous, very beautifully decorated sitting room. And the next thing I know, I'm in a garden. Like you step right out into this garden. And this garden is massive. I mean, the garden is actually a grove of orange trees along with all of these other plants and trees. It's this magical secret garden that is huge. I never got to the end of it actually. I walked around, there were over 40 orange trees. You would never know this from walking outside. It just was a, you know, just a flat wall. But inside was a house and inside the house was a garden. <laughs> it was extraordinary. So th this place reminds me of that a little bit, this gem. I'm not one of those bird watchers that uh, knows the names of all the birds. I can name a few. I'm not super curious. Maybe I'm lazy. But I think it's that I like the, just the aesthetic of bird watching. I just like watching them. I don't really need to know their names. I guess it's always nice to know more about them, their names, their habitats, if one's rare or another, but I don't, I don't know, I don't like that ranking of like, that's a super rare bird, and that's just like a common blah blah. I mean, they're all like pretty amazing to me. I found out about this bird hide because when I moved into this neighborhood with Glenn, I just wanted to see what was around that I was searching on Google Maps, and it said Chamberlain's Bird Sanctuary, and it was super close. So I go for a walk, and all I see is a, a fence and a wall, can't really see much inside except it looked pretty green. Get to the door and there's a sign that says it's open from these hours to these hours, but it wasn't open. It was locked with a padlock. I was like, Ugh. and then there was another sign. It said, call such and such number for the key. I took a photo of it and then was very nervous for weeks and didn't call. But finally I did. And I don't know why I thought it was like a little old lady in her apartment would answer and she had the key, she's the key keeper. But turns out it was a business and I 
I, I'm still not good at understanding people's accents. And this was a, a white South African Afrikaner woman. I had no idea what she said at first, but finally I said, oh, okay, okay. I'm looking for the key. And she said, well, come to Chamberlain's. I was like, Chamberlain's, isn't that the name of the bird sanctuary? So the Chamberlain's, the store. I was like, there's a store. I'll find it on the Google map. And sure enough, right around the corner, Chamberlain's hardware store. I went to Chamberlain's hardware store. It's COVID, so of course you have to sanitize and all that. Asked for where do I get the key, and they pointed up. It looked like a one-story building, so I'm like, where are we going? But then I noticed in the back there was a staircase, and there's sort of a, like a, I don't know, like a loft there and some offices. So I go up, receptionist is there, and you have to go through the whole ritual. Huamora, good morning, how are you? Huchandit matani, you know, all that. And then... Finally, I got out that I was looking for the sletel, the key. Oops, the key. And so she pushed me down the hallway to another office. Spoke with another Tani. She was thrilled that I was coming for the key. Uh, and she gave me the key. And that's it. And that's how you do it. You get the key. Well, what's nice about Chamberlain's, they also have a little cafe. So you can get a, a coffee to go. And some Tanis, some aunties, are in the front selling burakos, this sort of like farming food, like banakuk, which is pancakes, and fetkuk, which is this fried dough with curried mints inside. <laughs> uh. So I come here, often by myself, a few times with other people, but I, I think I prefer it mostly by myself. And I watch the birds, of course. But I um, also just read. I've taken naps here before on the bench. <laughs> it's pretty cool. A friend of mine said that he, he noticed a big difference in me since moving to South Africa because I responded to his question, how are you, in a Facebook message. And I told him, you know, having a great time, playing tennis, meeting people, trying this food, have you tried that food? He wrote back, he said, you know, this is the very first time you have answered that question and not talked about work. I was like, yeah, yeah, well, work. Work has often defined me. Uh, I love my work. And I know, I talk a lot about it. I come from a working class family and, you know, work was something that was essential, but also something that, you know, my parents took a lot of pride in. So I, I love working hard, but it's true. I, I've struggled to talk about myself outside of my work. And I'm realizing it, it has a lot to do with my own little weird inner workings of my brain in that I have this whole array of things happening in my head all the time. Like, I, you know, I couldn't even give you the list. It's just massive. The things that I'm pondering and wondering and working on. And this is a lot. It's pretty intense. <laughs> and I don't know. I guess I'm not usually ready to share it until I'm ready to share it. And it's not usually small talk stuff. I suck at small talk. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, you hear that? Those are guinea fowls in the distance there. I have no idea what they're freaking out about.
A weird thing here in South Africa is they don't have screens on the window, uh, or what they call, I think they call it mosquito gauze, which is <laughs> such a silly name, but they don't have it. Like, like almost any house I've been to, there is no screen on the window. They have bars on the windows because, you know, they're concerned about criminals getting in. A bunch of other things can get in. Bats can fly in, cats can come in, you know, mosquitoes, moths. Oh my goodness, moths. Sometimes, I swear, I feel like I'm in a scene from Silence of the Lambs. There are so many moths that gathered around the light in the kitchen. But no, no mosquito netting, mesh, whatever. Oh, that's a pretty bird. I've never seen that one before. I am kind of curious what it is. So I ask people, like, what do you do then for mosquitoes? If you don't have, like, mosquito net or whatever. And the, and the number one answer I got was a can of doom. <laughs> Which, I'm like, what? <laughs> doom comes in a can now? I mean, like, we're, we're packaging it? <laughs> a can of doom? Doom is their their bug spray that you guess you just spray your entire bedroom with before you go to bed or your body I'm not sure I don't even know how you do it but it doesn't seem smart right it does not seem like a smart move to unleash a can of doom on your bedroom Ugh, can of doom I mean like I feel like humans <laughs> the fossil fuel industry like that is a can of doom right there but yeah no I don't think I want a can of doom there's enough doom going on they do have this um, this cream you can put on, which is basically insect repellent, and they call it peaceful sleep. If it was maybe lavender infused and help you get sleepy, that'd be extra nice. Peaceful sleep. Just get a screen. Why is it so complicated? Bubble and Squeak is written and produced by me, Peterson Toscano. I mostly make the show for me and for my friends Christine and Shirley, who are human secret gardens. The Bubble and Squeak theme song is Worthless by the Jelly Rocks from the album Bang and Whimper. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to music. Feel free to say hi to me on Twitter at P2Sun, the letter P, the number 2, S-O-N, at P2Sun. Oh, and thanks for listening. For more shows like this one, visit rockcandyrecordings.com.